Let's get started. So yesterday we were on uh, Daf Dalit, the fourth page of, uh, or third page technically of Subas. And we're talking about why you can't get married on a Saturday night, right? The reason you can't get married on a Saturday night is because if you come into Saturday night and you're about to have a wedding ceremony, so you're getting prepared for the meal, you're thinking about the meal at least on Shabbos. And since you're thinking about the meal on Shabbos, you may well come to write something down. The top line on Ham and Aleph, 5A. I'm really a Baya. And is it forbidden to make calculations that are related to a mitzvah? Both said, when you're making a cheshvan, you're making a calculation of something related to a mitzvah, you are allowed to calculate them on Shabbos. And presumably this is a mitzvah because you're getting married. That's a mitzvah. And as a proof, Rabbi Lazar also says, you're allowed to give money to, or make up, make up to give money to Aniyam on Shabbos, for people on Shabbos. And you're allowed to go to shows and to Beit um, Midrash to think about the different the needs of the Rabbim on Shabbos and the calculations, and you don't be worried, you're going to write something down. You're allowed to do anything at all to save a life on Shabbos. Shabbos, you're allowed to go into the theaters and the circuses, right? Even though these are not places where you ought to be at any point, and certainly not in Shabbos, you are allowed to do that ultimately if it's necessary to save lives. You're allowed to make negotiations for a, a girl who's going to get married on Shabbos. In other words, you're allowed to make the negotiations for this on Shabbos, right? And you're not concerned that you're going to write anything down. Or about a boy to teach in Torah. You're allowed to start making the negotiations on Shabbos. The reason why you're not allowed to have the Bia Rishlena, the first um, time marital relations, um, is because you might then come to Shech, a, uh, a young bird. falls out on Monday. In other words, starting Sunday night. We should push it off and make sure that it doesn't end up falling out. We'll, we'll play around with the calendar. We'll, we'll jigger it to make sure that it doesn't end up happening. Because we should be concerned that perhaps we will shach a, uh, a a bird on, on Shabbos again for, for Sunday night. In case of Yom Kippur, he's only preparing food for himself. He's not going to get so preoccupied that he's going to forget. And shach on Shabbos. Another distinction, haha, over here, over here, however, he's preparing for a big, a big feast, and therefore he might shach for someone else. Another answer, over there, there's time in between Shabbos and Sunday night, i.e. there's Shabbos night, Matthew Shabbos, and there's also Sunday morning for Shabbat Over here, the wedding dinner is taking place right away at Matthew Shabbos. Now that we've said this, Shabbos, you could say even having, even getting married on, on uh, having relations, I'm sorry, having relations on Friday night is also prohibited out of a concern that you might end up Shabbat on Shabbos. The Sula Nessus when the Mishnah says that a Vesula gets married, what does it mean? Does it mean a Vesula gets married on the fourth day of the week, and the, and the marital relation takes place on the fourth day of the week? And we are not concerned that perhaps if he has relations on Wednesday and discovers that she has had, uh, you know, had, had an affair while they already had the first stage of marriage, we're not concerned that perhaps he's going to have his, um, his anger will be appeased, he won't go to court. Right, because when we say the fourth day, what we really mean is Tuesday night. So it's not going to be until Thursday morning that the court is sitting. So if he has relations with a woman who he really was married to 12 months before, but they weren't allowed to have relations yet, he has relations with her 
on Tuesday night. So when he has relations on Tuesday night, then perhaps he discovers that really she has a, no longer a virgin, which would imply that she had had an affair after they already had the first stage of marriage. So he ought to come running to Besden. And when he comes running to Besden, Besden is going to tell him he has to get divorced. Maybe if he has relations on Tuesday night, given the interval of 36 hours, he won't come to Besden. So maybe, maybe you get married on the fourth day and then you have the intercourse on Wednesday night, which is really the fourth, which is really already the fifth day. We're concerned that perhaps you may have may become a peace and therefore we say hold off until Wednesday night. The Sula gets married on the fourth day and has relations on the fifth day. Why? Because on the fifth day, on the fifth day, the bracha for fish was stated at the beginning of the creation of the world. A widow gets married on the fifth day of the week, and the marital relations can take place on the sixth day on Thursday night. Because on the sixth day, Hashem says that it was a bracha for people. The reason why you do this on the sixth day, in other words, Thursday night, is because of the count of the blessing that was given to the people. But as to him becoming pacified that way, we're not concerned about it. Then in the case of a widow, also the marital relationship takes place on the fifth day of the week. Because on it, the fifth day, was we had the bracha given for the fish. The bracha for man is better for him. Another reason. Or you could take it as a shaktu, this concept of shaktu. That the, the concept that in the case of a widow, the marital relationship take place on Friday was always made in, in out of a concern that the the, the daughters of uh, you know the, the Benai Yisrael want to make sure that they have their they have their food properly prepared and that was the entire concern in the first place. The Tanya learned in the rice was Why is it that we say that the a widow gets married on the fifth day, in other words Wednesday night, and never have a and has relations on the sixth night? Shema Taimer, as if you would say Kibayel Bechamishi should have relations on the fifth, fourth night, and the fifth night, i.e. Wednesday night. And then tomorrow he's going to go back to do work, and then I can have any time to really have a, you know some sort of quick honeymoon. Therefore, the Chachamim were concerned for the for the welfare of the Bnei Israel, the daughters of Israel. He should he should be able to be with her for three days straight without having to be busy thinking about earning a living. Thursday night, Friday night, and Shabbos. What's the difference between the bracha of the sixth day and the fact that we say that the the, the Rabbanim are very concerned to make sure that girls are taken care of properly? The difference is in a man who doesn't actually have a, a way to earn a living. So if he doesn't have a way to earn a living anyways, or he has enough money, he doesn't have to earn a living. Well, then the shaktu is not going to apply over here because you're not concerned that he's going to go to work the next day. But if it's about the fact that the bracha was given on that day, then indeed that should be the day he does. Or in the case of when Thursday night anyways is going to be young. So then you could say, let him have relations on Wednesday night. And then, uh, and then, anyways, by Thursday night, when we would we'll be going back to work, it's already going to be empty. The work of the holy people is even bigger than the work of the creation of heaven and earth. When it comes to the creation of heaven and earth, it's written, My hand has laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand has spread out the heavens. When it comes to the work of the hands of righteous people, it's written, The place which you have made for you to dwell in, Hashem, this, uh, the Mikdash, the sanctuary, Hashem, your hands have established. 
One Babli says, was his name. It's written, and on the dry land, his hands formed. Now, it should have written his hand, not hands. There's also written, they formed in the plural, right? So the subject hand should also be in the plural. Yitzray is a reference to his fingers. It's written, the the when I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, right? The moon and the stars, Asher Kinanta, that you have established. Basic, where I challenge you. The heavens, the clear, the glory of Hashem, and the work of his hands, the the Rekia, the permanent shows. This is what he's saying. The work of the Tzadikim, me Maget, who's able to see it? Harakia, only the permanent. What is that? Matak, the rain. This means, means the rain is indicative of what the handiwork of righteous people is. We went to Masechus Tainus, the righteous people, the sign of a really righteous person is that when he prays, the rain comes. So that's a way of exhibiting whether or not he's really a, the, the work of a righteous person is his tefillah. And through his tefillah, he will impact and cause that the, that the rain will come. So that's a way to, to decide or to infer from rain whether or not he has an effective power of tefillah. What is that which is written? You should have a peg amongst your um, your implements. Don't read it as your implements. But rather on your ear. If a man hears something which is not worthy of being heard, what should he do? Right? A famous Gemara. He should take his finger. The finger is shaped like a peg. Put your fingers into your ears and you're not able to hear the Lashon Hara that people are saying. I know the Amr Rebbe Lazar, and this is that the same thing that Rebbe Lazar said. They say this: Why do the fingers of men resemble pegs? Look like a peg. My time. What's the reason? If you say it's because that the fingers are divided, and what is he asking exactly? That they shouldn't have been divided; they should be attached in a web. What do you mean? Each one was made for a specific reason. This one is bezeres. The small little finger is bezeres. The distance from the little finger to the thumb. Of a totally spread out hand, like not Texas Longhorn, something else. The one next to the little finger is used for taking the, the, the we take a fistful of um of the meal offering, right? Of the Aymer of um of carbon mincha. Zuama, the middle finger is used for defining the ama. What's the ama? The ama is the distance from the elbow all the way to the tip of the middle finger. Zu and the fourth finger is the one that's used for taking um, the the geidel, the, the measurement in the in the weapon, measurement in the um, in the base of mikdash, right? And then the final finger is the the geidel, which is used for um, sticking out for the counting for the lottery. Elamat ham this, but why are the fingers pointed like pets? somebody hears something that is not appropriate, just stick his fingers into his ear. Under the very very small. A, a kind of taught in the house of Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Shmuel, but why is the whole ear hard, right? It's relatively hard ish. And then right at the bottom, the earlobe is a little bit soft. Stick his earlobe into his ear, right? And clearly there's something deeper happening over here. The Umar is not just saying some sort of concept of, you know, good advice or that this is the only reason why Hashem created the world in this fashion. And it clearly is something deeper being hidden. It, on a simple level, it is also that. A man should not allow his ears to hear things that are not worthy of being heard. Because, because then they would be burnt first of everything of all the other organs. And then asks, Are you allowed to have 
Chilah, are you allowed to have a marital intercourse for the very first time on Shabbos? And the concern over here is that when they have relations, then there's going to be the blood of the basulim, right? In other words, the, the, the first time they have intercourse, her hymen will be broken, and then there will be blood happening. What do we say? The Gemara is going to ask the famous, famous question. Do we say that the blood inside the womb is considered to be stored up, and therefore intercourse would be allowed because the blood is coming out on its own accord, right? Or do we say that the blood is considered to be from split skin, and then it would be a problem? If you say that the blood was stored up, and now she had an opening, so it came pouring out. The dam Do we say that he's actually concerned about the blood? And therefore, it's permitted. In other words, what's the Gemara saying? What is the prohibition that one would be in, in hypothetically violating when they have intercourse on Shabbos? The prohibition of causing blood, right? Now, what's the prohibition of causing blood? The prohibition is that you are creating a doorway, so to speak. You're creating a Pesach, right? You're creating an opening. And that opening can be used both for things to go in and things to go out. And that's not allowed to happen on Shabbos. Now, if we say that the reason why he's having relations is not to create the doorway, it's actually because he wants the blood to come out because he wants to be verify that she was a virgin. Or do we say he's concerned to make an opening in her body? If he's concerned to make an opening in her body, it would be forbidden to make an opening in her child. But if he would say that he's concerned that the blood should be coming out because he wants to verify it, and then the opening happens to come about. Do we say that something which is an unintended consequence of an act is permitted? Or do we say Amar Asr says that something which is not intended is indeed forbidden. Do we say that he's damaging when it comes to opening, making the door opening? Or is it considered to be opening in a way that is the second, is kicking, right? Is, is rectifying a problem. Those who say, if you say that blood is the result of a wound, the Asr, do you say he's concerned about the blood and therefore it's forbidden to have intercourse in Shabbos? Or perhaps his only reason why he's concerned is because he wants to enjoy himself. He wants to pleasure himself and therefore it's permitted. And if you say that he's concerned for his own pleasure, and then the blood comes out unintended, right? Maybe unavoidable, but still unintended. And this is what we call a davash in right? It is an act that has an unintended consequence. It is not permitted to do on Shabbos. According to um, Rabbi Huda, everybody agrees it's not forbidden on a, on a Torah level. You're not going to be liable. But it might be prohibited still. So do you say he's making damages by making a wound? Or do we say he's improving by making this wound? If you say that he's making damages by creating a wound, do we say that someone who creates damage is that according to Yehuda? Or perhaps you say, okay, so we have, we have a whole bunch of, of questions, and one is based on the other about all these different scenarios. Like, really, this is the type of Gemara that one should be spending a couple of weeks on. And in Yeshiva, indeed, we do spend a couple of weeks, sometimes even months on these Gemaras. But I hope in the art school they have like a flow chart. And the flow chart should really be stating, if this, then the next question can start. If this is true to the left, then the next question doesn't even start, right? So first we have to define what's the category of the blood as it is inside the body or not. Then we have to define what was his intent when having these actions. Is it for the blood or for the door? Even if it is for the door, is it really for the door? I'm sorry, even if it's for the blood, is it really for the blood or is it for the pleasure, right? And so on and so forth. We're all trying to figure out is, first of all, is it, 
this is a davar sheimus chavin or not. Even if it were to be a davar sheimus chavin, an unintended consequence, we pass it like a shimon, it would be mutter. We pass it like a behuda, it would still be aser. So that's what the Gemara is in the middle of its questions right now. We're going to leave this off. Unfortunately, tomorrow night I'm not available. I'm going. I'm giving a special class in San Francisco. So um, we will pick up again though on Wednesday night. I apologize for you know doing it in so, such quick succession. So we'll pick up again on Wednesday night and that's Zion, right? The seventh blot of Kubis. But uh, you guys should you should try to see it if at all possible because this this uh, next Gemara is, is pretty fascinating continuing this conversation that we started.